Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at WhitRiverside. Well, good morning. Oops. Well, firstly, if you've prayed towards the morning service, you've prayed for the worship team, you've prayed for me speaking, or you've prayed for the kids' work, whatever, thank you. Thank you so much. It's really precious when people pray towards the service. And here we are again, Christmas. Yippee. <clears throat> ho, ho, ho. Yeah, thanks, Dave. <laughs> well, today I want to look at a Bible story which doesn't include shepherds, wise men, or a manger. In fact, I want to look at the story in the Bible of two elderly people who encountered Jesus as a baby, probably when he was around five weeks old. Now, do you remember lockdown? Who remembers lockdown? Yeah, yeah, awful, wasn't it? Yeah, March and April 2020. It was, uh, I was really thrown by what was going on in the world. I found it really difficult personally and quite upsetting. But then during April of that time, I felt God start speaking to me about this post-Christmas story of Jesus and the dedication at the temple. Now, it was quite bizarre because to be thinking about this, because at the world, at the time, the world was closing down. The spring flowers were bursting forth. So with ever such slight embarrassment, I wrote to Simon and Keeley. I said, I think the Lord might be giving me a word for Riverside for Christmas. So here we are, 18 months on. I believe today is a significant day, and I believe the Lord wants to speak to each one of us. So can I just invite us to pray? Father God, Lord Jesus, precious Holy Spirit, I pray, would you whisper your words to me today. Jesus, you are the light of the world. So please, would you illuminate your words to my spirit and to my heart. Holy Spirit, I believe that you inspired this Bible. So would you graciously teach me as we set aside this time to hear your voice. Now just take a breath. Just rest. Prepare your heart to receive from the Lord. So the story we're looking at today is the story of Jesus being brought to the temple for his dedication. And some people still do similar things like that today for their babies. They, they call it a dedication, a christening, or maybe even a naming ceremony. Now into this fairly routine and common activity, two elderly people appear on the scene. Their names are Simeon and Anna. And they are two individuals who have waited a very long time to encounter Jesus. 
And this was going to have a significant impact on them as well as many others. So we're going to look at Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 32, and then we're going to skip to verse 36 and 38. So Luke 2, 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought Jesus in to do to him the custom that the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God and said, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light of the revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And slipping down to verse 36. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. Amen. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then she was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped God day and night, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. So firstly, let's look at this elderly man. Now, he was called Simeon, and Simeon means hearing. The root of the word is hearing. He was devout, and he was looking for God to move in his nation. We are told the Holy Spirit was upon him, and he held a precious promise from God. So look at these first three verses. We're told the Holy Spirit is upon him. The Holy Spirit had given him a promise and he came into the temple in the spirit. Now there is a template for older Christians. Simeon was proactive. He was faithful. And I believe that older people have a calling to know their God and to hear from God. Older people can have more flexibility with their time and with a bit of self-discipline can make more space to hear God and to wait on him. Now, do you think that Simeon had aches and pains? Yes. Anyone here got aches and pains? That's discouraging but encouraging. (laughs) Did that stop him from holding on to God's promises? No. Then we meet Anna. Now she was 84. She may have even been 91. Her name Anna means grace. Her father's name was Faniel, which means the face of God. What a name. And she was from the tribe of Asher. Do you know what that means? Happy. So Simeon and Anna, they shared similarities even though they were different people. So they both positioned themselves, spending as much time in house, God's house as they could, 
surrounding themselves with God's people. They both hung on to their expectation and they did not let go of the promises. They both received the promise because they both encountered Jesus. And they both ended their lives with fulfillment and joy. Wouldn't it be good to end your life in fulfillment and in joy? So this Anna, she really had some heritage, didn't she? She was from the happy tribe. Her father's name was the face of God and her name meant grace. And yet, arguably, she had lived in 84 years of disappointment. I think she needed great grace at her great age, never to leave the temple. Great grace to fast and pray and to serve God day and night. Do you think that Anna had aches and pains? Yes. Does anyone here have aches and pains? Yes. Did that prevent her from coming into God's presence? Anna had a promise from God despite her overwhelming, disappointing circumstances. Now, being a widow for 84 years was tough. Being a lone woman in that culture was also extremely tough. And she may well have been childless too. But despite the negative facts in her life, she kept going. She kept serving God. She kept positioning herself before God. She did not allow disappointment to rule her life or her life choices. Now, we're not told whether she moaned and complained. We're not told. But we are told that she fasted and she prayed. I mean, wow, what a lady. What a lady. So here's a question for slightly older people here today. If we have aches and pains, do we qualify to receive from God? I believe we do. But is disappointment demanding that you let go of the promises that God has given you? Will we continue to serve God in whatever capacity he puts before us that we're able to? Are we prepared to encourage young people like Anna did with Mary and Joseph? Now, I say this with love. Um, that normally means something horrible is going to be said. It's not. <laughs> I say this with love because I'm, I'm very fond of, of folk, as you know. But I really sense the Lord is saying to older people, rise up. Shake yourself down and be refreshed in the Holy Spirit. Will we allow God to reinvigorate us even within our real or our perceived restrictions now when I was a teenager that's what about 10 years ago now <laughs> yeah thanks Wal. <laughs> always a friend <clears throat> but when I was a, te- a, t- a teenager we had an elderly maiden lady in our church called May she was crippled with polio and she was housebound and I used to go and visit her in her tiny flat in fact I went to visit her the day Virginia Wade one Wimbledon back in 1977. I was in a tiny little flat having a cup of tea that took about two hours to make. She sat in her chair with her Bible beside her and she just radiated contentment and joy. She had no living family. She had no children. She lived with very poor health, but she knew her God. 
and she regularly prayed for me. It was only later that I found out that she'd been filled with the Holy Spirit in the 1920s. But she had also made the choice that she was going to read her Bible regularly and soak herself in God's presence. Sounds pretty amazing, doesn't it? Well, let's do that right now then. Just invite you to close your eyes if you're comfortable with that. Just take a breath. (laughs) If you're comfortable, then maybe just put your hands or a hand gently on one of your ears. Just going to pray. Father God, precious Father, I ask that you would enable me to hear you speak afresh. Lord, in these moments, would you filter out the noise and the demands of this confused world? Holy Spirit, would you reignite that spark within me to hear you? Holy Spirit, would you enable me to hear you today and in the coming days? I believe the Lord wants to just gently blow on that dimly flickering wick in our hearts. Just blow it gently back into a flame. God really loves you. He really loves you. Father, reignite hearts for you today. See, God's timing is perfect. In verse 27, we read that Simeon came into the the temple in the spirit just as Jesus was being carried in. Verse 38 says that Anna came up to Mary at Joseph at the exact and very moment that they were there. So again, Father, we ask, Holy Spirit, would you lead us? Would you help us to discern your voice? Father, may we be a people who smoothly live in harmony with the leading of your Holy Spirit. Now we looked earlier at at how Simeon and and Anna positioned themselves and they, they hung on to their personal promises, they met with Jesus and that they were fulfilled. However, both their reactions on meeting Jesus were similar and yet they were different. Simeon takes Jesus in his arms and he says, Sovereign Lord, I love that phrase, Sovereign Lord. When Anna meets with Jesus, she simply begins to give thanks. Their first reaction, you see, on receiving the promise was worship and gratitude. And I believe that when we receive a blessing from God, the first thing to do is not to go onto our Facebook page, but it's to say, thank you. Thank you, Lord. I had bread on my table this morning. Thank you. 
Thank you, Lord, for that headache that you healed earlier this week. Thank you. It's good to give thanks. So Simeon, he releases himself back to God, knowing that his time is fulfilled. And although he's not called a prophet, he does pronounce some pretty amazing truths about Jesus and about his forthcoming mission. Anna, however, she gives thanks and then goes out and speaks continually, it says, to all who are also awaiting a move of God. So both met with Jesus, both held and received their promises, yet they both reacted differently. And that's okay, because we're all made and we're all wired differently. Now, at this point, I want to encourage younger people and bored people. Because for decades, I've sat listening to preachers making various points and keys, ten ways of getting close to God and all this stuff. And I've already talked about positioning, hearing, receiving, etc. However, this is not a magic formula. This is not a range of hoops that you must jump through to be acceptable to God. Because it's simply all about Jesus. In the Bible, we, we hear the story of the prodigal, the prodigal son, famous story. He goes off and it says he comes to his senses and he decides to go back home to his father. And when he's a long way away, the father sees him and the father comes running to him. And I believe that's what Jesus does for us. You don't have to get the formula right and get everything in the right order. You can simply whisper under your breath, Jesus, help. And he, I believe, will come running. I really believe that. Now, Jake, very helpfully, and in my mind, very bravely, shared about his anxiety about buying a new car. Do you remember that? And he said he, he struggled with the thought of even going into the showroom. And I, I found that personally extremely helpful. And one or two other folk I've spoken to have brought that up as very helpful to them too. And I believe this is the kind of honesty that Jesus wants from us as we walk and talk with him and in our relationships with one another. Oh, I too, I struggle with anxiety. I've confided in a few trusted friends about my worries and fears. And together we've prayerfully sought to bring these to Jesus. Let me tell you, it's a very humbling thing to do that. Especially for a man, you can feel a bit of a twit. But we live in this digital social media age and it is very countercultural to say, I need help. One of my greatest battles, as I say, one or two will know in great detail, is, is the fear of missing out and the fear of disappointment. And for reasons that aren't appropriate to share, it's not easy. But I have appreciated the counsel and prayers of leaders in this church, friends here, who will stand with me to help me shake free of these anxieties and this disappointment. Things like the Freedom in Christ course too, I found extremely helpful. But it is a process. And I think it's okay to share your deepest fears with Jesus. And he can often use one or two trusted people that can come alongside us physically to be with us in that. Now, I'm still on my journey. 
asking Jesus to help me. Many of us are. But I believe that being honest with Jesus and others helps to deaden the hold of the enemy upon us. I really believe that. Now, the Bible is clear that Simeon and Anna, they both received their promises. Brothers and sisters, whatever our age, whatever our restrictions, God is faithful. In the book of Hebrews, we we read in 11 verse 13, it talks about people dying in faith. And they haven't received the promises, and yet they greeted and welcomed them from afar. And my dear friend May, well, she died She died over 30 years ago. But I truly believe that her prayers for me and for others are still very effective. It says in James, the prayer of a righteous person avails much, in old-fashioned word. But again, look at Anna. Like my friend May, there were things that she could do. Now, these aren't necessarily popular things in our minds. But she could position herself to come into God's presence. She could fast. There's no rule against it. She could pray. She could give thanks. And I do hope that we don't have another lockdown. I hope we don't. But if we do, what an opportunity for us to get before God. Maybe using some of those. So I've spoken about you know, the, these two older people, not very Christmassy, but the story does not in- exclude other age groups. Because the young parents of Jesus, well, they were encouraged. And the promises that Mary had already received, they were reinforced. The baby, the baby Jesus himself, was blessed and was prophesied over. And I want to encourage us to pray and prophesy over young people, young families, children, as appropriate, in appropriate ways. We need to be praying for our mums and dads and the kids. I believe that God is raising up godly mothers and fathers in this church, whether you have physical children or not. And as we grow as a, as a church family, I believe we're going to need more mums and dads. Now, in the past, the churches I've been in, they've concentrated very, very heavily on raising up leaders. Let's raise up leaders. And that's a good thing. That's a healthy thing. That's okay. But I just smell in the wind a slight shift. I sense that God's focus may be slightly shifting, that he is raising up men and women to be godly parents to our young people and to young people within this community. Because there have been times in my Christian life when I haven't needed leading, I've needed fathering. I haven't needed leading, I've needed mothering. We need mums and dads because God is our father, not our leader. Although he is our leader. (laughs) Anna, we're told in verse 38, she spoke about Jesus to all who were waiting to hear from God. And today, much of what I've shared may be irrelevant. You think, well, I'm not old, so it doesn't really affect me. But I want to speak to you about Jesus. I believe Jesus is our only hope in this world for us as a body and for us individually. 
I believe that Jesus came, walked this world, walked, walked in this earth. He emptied himself, it says in Philippines, he emptied himself and took on human form. Amazing. He lived that perfect life. He died that appalling death. God raised him from the dead and he's ascended to the right hand of the Father. This is the Jesus I want to proclaim to you this morning. And he is the Jesus that simply wants to know you. So in the famous words of Simon, how do we land these few thoughts? Well, if you're on your journey uh, looking for God, trying to search for God, then let me encourage you. Keep searching. Keep asking. That's fine. I believe that God will meet you in a, in a way that's appropriate to you. And you can very simply, in the garden, under your breath, when you're shopping, when you're driving, just say, Jesus, if you're real, if you exist, God, if you're real, show me. And then let's just see what God does. Now, last weekend, <clears throat> it was Saturday evening. There wasn't much on the telly, let's be honest. <clears throat> and uh, it was still two hours till match of the day. And I was feeling a bit flat. So I thought, well, I'll go downstairs and read my Bible then, like a good boy. So I went down into the study and I thought, you know what, Lord, uh, you're great, but I just feel a bit flat. I, what do I do? And I looked across and I saw on my bookshelf a book on revivals. So I picked this book up and I turned to the page about the Hebridean revival in 1949. It starts with two prayerful elderly ladies, one of whom was bound up with arthritis. One of the ladies was called Peggy Smith. Guess how old she was? She was 84. I tell you, a shiver went down my spine. Suddenly, the lack of location, location, location came into focus. I thought, wow, Lord, this is scary. Perhaps you are real. Perhaps you are speaking. Perhaps this is your word. So, brothers and sisters, I believe that Lord is lovingly inviting older people to seek him afresh. To re-grasp the prophecies and the promises over your life. I think we can ask ourselves, is God calling us afresh to serve, parent, love and challenge young people in their walk with God? And young people, I believe that God is speaking to you too. I believe the Lord is, is, going to ch is challenging young people about whether they're going to give their life to God. I think for some, there's a choice to maybe set aside a year, a year of service, a year of training, to get aside and get under the wing of mature Christians who can help to teach and parent you. And if you think that's you, then, then, then talk to Jake or whatever. Now bounce it off someone. Check it out. Pray it through. But I believe the Lord is going to be raising up young people too, which we older folks need to pray for and support and love. Now all the Christmas songs are out, aren't they? Don't know what your favourite one is. Is it Slade? Is it Wizard? Is it Elton John? But there's one which I don't like, <clears throat> which is called All I Want for Christmas is You. I can't stand it. <laughs> but I believe... This is what the Lord is saying. He is saying, all I want for Christmas is you. 
I sensed the Holy Spirit whispering to a number of people saying, it's time to pick up that Bible again. It's time to get aside with God again. It's time to talk to me again. Now, it's not my place to bully people, to manipulate you, to get Mark to come up and play E minor, D minor, G, and make some nice music to get emotions going. It's very simple. Just in your own heart over the next few days, just say, Lord, whatever going deeper with you means, I don't clue what that means, but Lord, is that what you're asking me to do? Do you want to know me more? And just see where he takes you. So we've looked at Luke 2, we've looked at the story in Luke 2. If you go on to just the beginning of Luke 3, you'll find there a list, long names that are hard to spell and hard to say. But there are emperors, there's a Caesar, there's puppet kings, there's religious leaders, there's a flawed judge. And they're all living in their palaces and all their grandiose places. And then the next verse says, and John was in the wilderness and God spoke to him. So do not fear if God calls you to step back into a wilderness. If God calls you to step back from the action. If like me, you feel all my life I've been disappointed. All my life I've missed out. Let me encourage you. It is in the wilderness. It's in the desert where I believe you hear the voice of God. So. No manger today. (laughs) No shepherds today. But I do believe that the Lord wants to prepare us for his coming to us as individuals. If you're able, would you like to stand, please? Just like to spend a couple of moments, a couple of moments praying. I'd like to speak these, these words from the Psalms over you. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. Teach us, O Lord, to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Sustain me, my God, according to your promise, and I will live. Do not let my hopes be dashed. I believe the Lord is saying, you can weigh it in your own heart, that you will live. And your hopes will not be dashed. Lord Jesus, I pray for older people in this room now. I pray, Lord, that you would reignite that spark within. This is not the end, folks. God has not finished with you yet. And even if he takes you home, we die in faith and our prayers will continue to be effective.
Jesus, you are the healer. Father, I speak healing and health and life and refreshment on my brothers and sisters. Father God, would you stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Blow, Lord Jesus, on that dimly flickering wick. (laughs) Health. Now, at this point in the prayer time, normally we get a bit disappointed because we think, oh, that's the end now. But we're just going to hang here. Lord Jesus, we believe that you are God. We are wonderfully and beautifully made, awesomely made. You knit us together in our mother's womb. Father, I pray you would do some re-knitting and some unpicking. That you would heal painful backs. That you would straighten discs. Lord Jesus, that you would ease muscular pain. Father, that you would break in where there is anxiety and worry. Lord Jesus, thank you that you give a peace that the world cannot give. You say, do not be agitated, but be at peace. You are the God of all peace. You are the God of all comfort. So I pray for my brothers and sisters, Lord, that you would begin a good work. And Father, you would continue that good work of healing, restoring broken minds. Because troubled minds can know your peace. That Jesus, you would pour out your spirit upon us. Because we love you, Lord. There is no one else but you. Where else can we go? You are our Lord and you are our God. Amen. Amen. Bless you, folks. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we shall see you next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you would like to contact us about this talk, to hear more, or to find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at WhitRiverside.org.